Hello everyone and welcome to the commentary for seminar episode 52. Uh, I'm Paul Brueggemann, I'm the director of The Thing You're Listening To, and with me is... Landon Bell. And... And Jeffrey Bridges. Woohoo! And boy, have we got a show for you. Um, we'll start off... Uh, I, in the... I don't even remember where they are. Anyways, it's uh, Seth Adam Sure as student 33, and then Kristen Bays as the tutor. And uh, um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say. I don't know a lot about the rappers right now. I'm still there's a lot of beeps and boops. Beeps and boops and futuristic thingies. And some awesome writing from Colin. Colin and Jack. Yes. Wait, I know her. Or John. I don't even know what he wants to be called anymore. I think... I don't... Yeah, I don't remember. One of them is for acting and one's for writing, but I can't keep them straight. I don't remember which is which. See what you've done to us, Jack. God. <laughs> All I know is he auditioned for Othello as John Clark, so... Yep. That must oh, okay. Be the acting, the acting bit. Uh, right. I don't understand why he didn't go with both of them for... for both. Use one name for both. <laughs> Anyways, we have some flashbacky kind of info dumpy kind of scene here, ish. Yeah, Colin and Jack are doing. Uh, they've got some interesting stuff planned for this season. Uh, I know I've been editing the script, so I've seen where they're going, and they're mm. kind of uh, taking things in a different direction and sort of turning stuff on its head. So uh, there'll be some interesting stuff going on in the rappers coming up. Cool. I've talked with him a lot about the rappers as well, and yep, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, yep. It's definitely exciting. <laughs> what little bit I know. Right, right. That, I need to turn up the volume, would help. There it is. Greetings, student 33, Whittle, male. All right, and then we have Perry Whittle playing, I don't, how did that work in the, in the first season, Jeffrey, with all the people being named them by them, you know, their, their own names? Like, that was done by Kat. Oh, okay. Um, she was directing back then, and she decided that all of the directors were going to be the students in the classroom, and so that's how they all sort of got roped into those roles with the same names. Oh, okay. I've always wondered about that. And uh, now I know. We're here. <laughs> oh, now and now you we know. have... You've learned something. <laughs> Every day. And now we're on to Landon's short. Want to go ahead yes. and uh, give us... Uh, Give us some story about this. Um, that's interesting. Uh, um, I originally came up with the ending for this story before I ever had a story, and mm -hmm. um, which that might sound kind of weird, but uh, I kind of worked with that, and I eventually wound up with this story from a, a bunch of other plot points I had had along the way, and I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge that works. I have to say, I was very confused the first time I read it, and I st I'm still kind of confused as to really what's going on as far as, like, the apocalyptic spin on it. Well, that's kind of the uh, 
effect I was going for was mm -hmm. that I wanted it to be confusing, but not so confusing that you couldn't understand what was going on. Um, okay. Like, I wanted it to be to the point where at the end you realize, oh yeah, um, the mother had died. This is what the dad was talking about when we'd see her soon. Hmm. Uh, oh, and I forgot to mention, it's uh, Glenn Haskell as uh, the dad, and then we have Anna Rodriguez as Angel, and then later on we have Lynn Cullen as Elizabeth. And they all three do a wonderful job. Yes. That's a pretty amazing little kid voice. I didn't know Anna had that in her. That's <laughs> astonishing. I didn't either. Apparently she's played a little girl before, or a little boy, or something. Something little. <laughs> well, the character of Angel was really something I knew ahead of time was going to make or break the piece. Hmm. Um, just because doing a little kid right is apparently difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there's an interesting story behind Barbie and a hot dog. I was just <laughs> about to ask you. Um, I needed a story that a kid would come up with. Um, so I just pulled from my own past and... When I was like five or six, I came up with the story about a Barbie and a hot dog. <laughs> um, so I decided to tweak that a little bit. And it, it kind of works. I like this bit. He does an awesome job uh, with this scene. Mm. The end part especially. I love his when he auditioned um I immediately thought you know father figure his voice and uh uh the way he he wrapped his tongue around the words I guess um I like it he did a really good job And this was the um uh the first casting that you've done correct Paul Yeah <laughs> Oh man that, Isn't was... that a fun job it's so hard. I only had to cast right? three people. And yeah. I had 15 people audition or something like that. And, oh. I said something about that in the in my interview on Twip a couple mm -hmm. months ago. And, uh, yeah, it. I don't know how people do it every month. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And you can do... Uh, it's really cool trying to find you know, just the right voice for the roles. But it's really hard, too, because mm -hmm. you obviously can't cast everybody. So it's exactly. a really tough thing. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame when I have to turn people away. And it's not because they're bad. Right. It's because someone else fit the role slightly better than they did. And Exactly. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's the good thing about Seminar, at least, is that you've always got more coming. So you can mm. keep encouraging them to keep auditioning. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they'll fit a role better next time. Exactly. And uh, like a lot of people in Pendant seminars where they started acting or writing or anything. Right. That's to say with me, I started with uh, episode 46. Mm. With your writing? Yes. Oh, this bit. Lynn Cullen always delivers. 
Doesn't she? She's fabulous. Yes. I knew I could count on her. I mean, I don't know how much um, action was supposed to be going on in the background, but I just threw, I just threw it through freaking hell and back. <laughs> there's airplanes flying over. There's uh, Molotov cocktails everywhere. There's shattering glass, gunshots, people screaming. This is what you're known for is, is the chaos and the in the explosions, right, Paul? So. Oh yeah, um, I, I I have a knack for for that for that I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know exactly what was going on, so I just threw everything in there. And then she gets hit by a car. Sad. Explosions in the background. Oh, I just thought of something I could have thrown in there. Like, birds. <laughs> oh, it's just the hindsight, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well. The director's lament. <laughs> I was even you listening listen to it months later, and you're like, oh, that's I know. what I should have. Yeah, every time. Yes, dear. I hear an aeroplane. This started off being like a World War II bomber sound effect, and then it ended up being like a like a, a modern jet. <laughs> but I guess it it ended up okay. It works. As long as it works. Very fancy. Might be a transformer. <laughs> when I <laughs> I was re-listening to this again, and uh, when the airplane sound went over, when the, when you can hear the airplane sound, I thought it was actually outside. Oh wow! Isn't that the mark of good directing, though? You fooled yourself, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that ha happen to me listening to Tabula Rasa sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was I was directing this and uh, almost every one of Perry's lines has the word Justine in there, and uh, and my sister overheard and he's like, and she said like, um, who is this Justine character and why is he so obsessed with her? It's a good question she had. <laughs> Very nice. Ooh, and now we're on to Jeffrey's short. Here we are. Yes. Two of the most awesome people. <laughs> they so, are. They're awesome. Barbara and Bryant Dillon from um, yes. Fanboys Network. Yep, from Fanboy Comics. Fanboy Comics. Yes, hosts of the Fanboy Scoop. Yes. Great, yeah, they, great uh, podcast. Recorded this together, did they not? Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, they, they, they recorded all through the whole script three times in a row, and it worked. And I was... 
floored. It was I loved that. It was weird directing it though, because I had to find the right parts that right. fit. So it was a lot of I took all three of um, the takes that they did and I, I spliced them all together to make one fluid um, scene. Very but they nice. did a great job. I love it. They did. This is their uh, first pendant rolls for both of them, so that's mm -hmm. very exciting. Yeah, it is. And, um, but yeah, this script, um, oddly, the reason it came about is because, I don't even know when, but years and years ago, I was at a train station. It was probably like 10 years ago or something, and I found a little photo at the base of a uh, lamppost that on the and I turned it over and on the back it said you're next and I'm like what the hmm. hell is this and it wasn't a photo of me or anything you know I mean, that would be a little <laughs> too creepy but um, I'm like I don't I was just fascinated by this and I wanted to know why it was there and what the point behind it was and so I I have this uh, file that I just sort of jot down ideas in for stories or things that I want to use someday and uh, I was thinking of writing a seminar short and I was scrolling through it and I saw that and I'm like yeah I never did anything with that and I'm like well what what can you do with that I have no idea and so I just started writing and I set it at a train station since that's where I found the thing and this is what popped out and so I don't know why this was uh the story I came up with relating to that photo but um that's where I I sort of came up that's how it all came about anyway I don't I don't necessarily know how it got tied together with this, you know, reincarnation and whatnot with it. But yeah, I love this short. It's a simple well, conversation, you. but then it, you know, it trails off into something else supernatural, and I love it. Right. Yeah, and it's got that um, kind of darkly comic ending. And mm. what I really liked was the uh, the music choices that you put in here. And certain spots made it a lot creepier than I had thought it would be, and I thought that was really cool, because I think that makes the uh, the little comedic twist at the end work even better, so mm. that, it, like, you make it get really dark with that music. Music can change your scene so much, so I really oh, yeah. dug choices there. Well, thank you. I always love scoring, and uh, this was one of my favorite shorts to score so far. Oh, I hate it. I hate scoring. I'm not. I don't hate the short. I hate scoring. <laughs> I love the short, but scoring. Oh, forget huh? it. I'm just. It's I'm like Paul. So, oh, I love it. So hard, but it's probably my favorite part with, besides Foley. Up this photo uh, at the base of oh, that is that where all the explosions post. come from? You're just yeah. in the backyard blowing yeah, I'm stuff just up. In my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of C4 in the barn. <laughs> I don't think you should be saying that. Uh, we're gonna put this on the internet, Paul. The, the government's gonna show up at your door. They don't know where right. I live. <laughs> but I do, Paul. I oh. do. Oh. You got some guy who looked kind of like me to kneel down. And I somehow knew the exact clothes you were wearing today. They bounce off each other so well. Right. It's almost like they know each other. It's weird. You're next. Dun dun. But yeah. Um, obviously, the two characters know each other really well, and so um, this was the first episode that Paul was uh, casting, and so to sort of ease him into it, I thought, you know, I would handle the casting for this short, and it was just these two, and uh, Barb and Bryant had mentioned wanting to get more involved with Pendant and do stuff, and so I said, hey, you know, you guys, uh, I think you, they'd be great in these roles, and they could record together, and... Uh, I, I've, you know, um, spoken with them in person, and they have this great bantery quality to them mm -hmm. that I thought would work really well with uh, the two characters that sort of have the same quality, and so um, I think it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah, it really did. I was, I was wondering, uh, 
what made you choose them too? Yeah, these characters aren't based on them, but they do sort of have a really nice um, banter with each other. I guess it's kind of similar to um, like what Susan and I have that you might have heard on Twitter, mm. you know. And so um, they're very, very playful and snarky with each other. And um, so. <laughs> yeah, and I love the little little skits they do at the beginning of all the fanboy scoops. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> after I was done with this i went and listened to uh, a couple episodes of there and uh it's the exact same <laughs> with less swearing perhaps <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> they try to keep it family safe over there yeah they do which was also weird hearing them swear <laughs> they do occasionally you know use those such words in public but they they do keep a clean program over there on mm-hmm. their uh, shows so Good quality entertainment. That's right. If you if you want more of them, by all means, stop by stop by fanboycomics.net and check them out. They are awesome. You want to be rich? You want power? Awesome possums. Orgies every night? Sure. Uh huh. As long as I have to work for them, just having them without earning them would be kind of hollow. What's the point? Yeah, I don't know how believable. Um, uh, Fox reaction is here where he's all like, yeah, I don't want any of this stuff unless I work for it. I'm like, well, how many people would actually <laughs> be like, no, I want to work for everything. But um, I don't know. It, you do eventually get to that point where you're like, you know, if you don't earn it, it doesn't mean anything to you. So Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, I figure he's been through enough in his life that he's gotten to that point where he's like, I don't want it unless it means something. Yeah. It's kind of, it is a mark of wisdom, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donuts, though. Ah, fuck. Ew. Something happened. He landed in tomatoes or something. It's a train hauling a bunch of uh, produce. <laughs> so, yeah, then uh, it's, I guess, a slightly open slightly ambiguous ending you know does he actually die or not you don't actually mm. know you know it's all part of the the philosophical question of if you could you know change everything would you so i wanted to leave it open there sort of like you know because i don't know what i would choose and i don't know if a lot of people do so i thought i would try to reflect that i don't know with the ending mm. don't know if that really worked but that was the intent well done sir Indeed. Was I any different when you had me? <laughs> that, <laughs> that line. <laughs> he said it exactly like Obi Wan Kenobi. It's more humane to tell him outright than hope he guesses from the pieces you gave him. Two pieces concerning the inevitability of humanity's fate. How could he not? If you blindsided him, what else did you expect? I like how the tutor is trying to explore the humanity. She's not quite getting it yet. Like this. The margin of error is too great. Then you'll have to rely on another defining human factor. Faith. Student 33. Mr. Whittle. Ooh. Student 3? Where the hell have you been? Seminar's getting deep. <laughs> We're not in the classroom anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> Where did that go? Oh, that can't be. 
He erased her memories and personality, effectively terminating her existence. Uh, how could you let that happen? And now she tells him. Some sort of control over this place? Von Schmenderfield hijacked the school and has been using it as a personal playground. The tutor and I have been trying to stop him. There's got to be something I can do to help her. This data packet contains the information that should restore control of the system. It has to be There's always that awkward moment in the commentaries when everyone's just listening. She's <laughs> <laughs> so fascinating. I'm sorry. But more brilliant minds will be wiped if Von Schmenderfield isn't stopped. We're just But you know, um Landon and I have less to say here. We we weren't really involved. I don't even I don't even know what to say here. Uh, no, <laughs> but it is a like good I didn't story. even mix this. I don't know who did this work. They just sent it to me, and I'm like, all right, I'll take credit for it. <laughs> well, there you go. Another episode, episode gone and done. You can listen again if you want. Hey, well done, Paul. Hey, thanks, man. You as well, and Landon. Thank you, and good job to everyone else. And in Daddy, Everyone that is being mentioned right now. Indeed. This might be one of the smallest casts uh, seminars ever had all the way through. Only three in, in uh, Landon's, you know, short, only two in mine. That's, uh... That is pretty small. Yeah. Eight, eight people total? Something like that. Well, I don't think you have such an easy task uh, in the next episode, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> was that you too? That was. Okay. It, I'm actually really excited about that one. Um, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's very, I love the characters. Teasing and stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tune in. You in come back and hear that. Two months. Two months. All right. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you in two months. Bye. Bye-bye. Later.